Hi, and welcome to Sustainability Explored. Every week, this podcast navigates a new topic through interviews with the most disruptive minds in sustainability, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can implement in your life, no matter your background. My name is Anna. I am an environmentalist, sustainability consultant, and the host of this show. We start the new season, season seven, with an exciting interview on the indoor organic waste composting and the role worms have to play in it. Today we have with us Kathy Nesbitt, a worm advocate and founder of Kathy's Crowley Composters, established in 2002. She's on a mission to put worms in every living space. She believes worms are going to play an ever-increasing role in waste management, soil production, and therefore food security. It's essential that we learn how. So today with us, we have Kathy Nesbitt. I'm super excited she joins us today at Sustainability Explored. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Worms. We have never discussed uh, food security, agriculture on this podcast, especially (gasps) worms. It's such such an interesting and sensitive topic for many people. But let's start with your background. Why and how worms? How did you choose exactly this specific stream? Okay, so I think the worms chose me, just so we're clear. (laughs) So just briefly, I mean, I was afraid of worms and not that I thought they would harm me, but just that they were gross or icky, right? I I definitely didn't want them in the house. And that's what I'm promoting now is worms in the house. Okay, so let's see, I'm I'm close to Toronto, largest city in Canada. uh, And our landfill closed in 2002. Mm -hmm. It got filled. So it filled up, you know, you keep putting garbage, it gets full. This Even is what is happening like in Ukraine. No one cares. We keep we we keep putting garbage keep in the putting. dump. There's yeah. still room. We'll still we'll keep putting. We'll we'll worry about it when it fills. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I joke actually. It's it's not a joke, but you know, just to keep myself sane, I joke a lot. Um, and I say that you know we we were like oh there's lots of room in that hole so we'll just keep putting our stuff there six million people in the Greater Toronto area so a lot of people a lot of garbage produced every day. <laughs> Okay, so when the landfill closed, then we're like, oh my gosh, Canada's big country, second largest, (laughs) right? Okay, so we're big country, we couldn't find a place to put our garbage, and we started shipping our garbage to the US, to the United States. Wow. Wow. Okay, here's some more statistics. Well, information. 200 garbage trucks every day making the way from Toronto to Michigan like honking 18 wheelers, 200 per day. Yikes. A thousand a week. Wow. No. So you can imagine the environmental impact, never mind the economic impact. So I say shame on us as Canadians for shipping our garbage out of the country. Double shame on the Americans for accepting our garbage for cash. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all about money. It's like, follow the money. Where does the money go? Who's going to pay? So this was our easiest way. Nobody wants a new landfill, even though we have lots of space. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up. When I was doing my master thesis in Canada on e-waste, so, you know, sort of waste, not organic, but still, uh, someone joked uh, to me like, oh, 
don't bother. We have lots of forest. We have lots of empty land, unused land, you know, closer to the North Pole. I was like, you cannot say that. <laughs> and that was one of the university professors. Yeah. And, and that's one of the uh, solutions that we talked about. We have some empty mines. So they said, why don't we just truck our garbage to the empty mine? We'll just put the garbage there. Great. That's a beautiful solution. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why not be more sustainable? So in come the worms. So I'm an avid gardener and composter. So I love the whole process of turning my organic matter. I think that composting is magic, actually. It's nature's magic. So because you take your carrots and onions and your paper and then, whoa, boom, it turns into something usable, right? Something you can put in your garden. So what happened? Okay, so our landfill closed. And then as an avid gardener and composter, I was like, hmm, I have a solution. Oh, at, what, what happened? Actually, I looked after a teacher's worm bin. <laughs> And I was afraid of worms, right? I, I didn't want them in my house and all of that. Yeah. So it's a beautiful how I had these experience. The universe was setting me up for what I'm doing right now. I believe that. So I looked after my teacher's bin for the summer. I wanted the black gold. As an avid gardener, I knew the value of the compost, but I didn't want to do the process. So, and I think that's where a lot of people are today. We just want the results. We don't want to do the work. So yeah. I took on this challenge at the end of the summer. I was like, ah, Oh, now I got to get the worms. I don't want to touch the worms. I got big gloves and like the worms can't hurt us. Right. I mean, they're just, mm -hmm. they just, they can't hurt us. Them, that's all. <laughs> right. So I got my, my, got my, my compost. I separated the worms, everything good. Gave back the bin, everything fine. I said, I'm never doing worm composting again. <laughs> never say never. You never know. Okay. So fast forward, I'm getting my psych degree. Like, believe it or not, I have a psychology degree. Now I'm a worm farmer. <laughs> Fun. It happens. You don't know. Okay. So, um, yeah, I graduated in 2000. I was like, what am I going to do? I got a job at a group home working with challenged adults. So, with mental illness, and it was beautiful. I loved it. I thought, oh my gosh, this is why I was put on earth. I love this client. This is fantastic. Now, at that home, they didn't compost. So, they were throwing all this stuff in the garbage. And I said, um, why don't you compost? <laughs> And they said, we don't need the fertilizer because we have cows. Mm -hmm. So I said, wow, people don't connect what they're doing. They're making all these food scraps, throwing them away when they could just be putting them back on the land. And they had a vocational program, putting the people to work. So I said, wow, you could, this could be a whole workstation. Okay, so I designed a system for them. As I was starting to research, so the, the greenhouse manager said to me, wait, why don't we do worm composting? And I don't know if any of your listeners have ever done something. And then they're like, it didn't work out. So they're like, I'm not going to do that again, right? And then later on, somebody says, hey, Anna, why don't we, whatever it was that didn't work. And you're like, oh, you get that feeling in your stomach where you're like, no, that didn't work last time. <laughs> but I was like, hmm, it's an institution. So they're not going to get worms right away. So I started to do research. And as I delved into the research, oh my gosh, I learned about the red wiggler worms, which are the ones that they're the optimum composting worms. They eat half their weight per day in food scraps. They turn garbage into gold. So food scraps, paper, right? Stuff that we're just throwing away into nutrient rich soil. So we can grow more nutrient rich food because our food is deplete, right? So there's, the worms are solving so many solutions. 
waste management, soil production, and food security. Mm -hmm. All in a little worm. Now the challenge is, <laughs> the worm is the challenge. <laughs> this is done in the house, right? In places like Ukraine, Canada, right? We have cold climates. We can't comp we can compost outside in the winter. People think you can't. You can. It just freezes. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And then in the spring, it breaks down very quickly. So it's fine. Um, but not everybody wants to go outside in the winter. Maybe the snow's too high and you can't get there. It's all frozen. It's it's a challenge. So mm -hmm. having the worms in the house, it's a beautiful solution. So let me tell you how it works a little bit. Does it smell? Tell me first. Does it smell? No, no, thank you. That's a great, uh, that's what everybody wants to know because you're putting rotting gross food in. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is aerobic process. Composting is aerobic, meaning with oxygen. So it should never smell like rotting food. Um, rotting food is without oxygen. So it's just mm -hmm. different microorganisms that are doing the breaking down with oxygen or without. They're all good, not good or bad bugs. They just are. But it's like a built-in mechanism. Worms breathe uh, oxygen as well, but they breathe through their skin. So if it smells bad, that's not oxygen. Now it's turned into methane. Right. So now it's converted into something. It's bad for us and bad for the worms. Again, yes, it's bad also for the landfills because it makes <laughs> them self-inflate and uh, it puts them on fire and um, it can explode. This is why it's very dangerous to put, and we still do it, uh, to put organic waste with the rest of the waste in the landfills. Well, I think one of the challenges, Anna, is that people don't understand. They think that, oh, if I throw my apple in the landfill, it's just going to break down anyway. But here's what happens um, when they fill the land, when they put their load in the landfill, then they go over it with tractors and then they put stuff on top of it, like soil or something, or like fill, they put fill mm -hmm. on top. So there's no oxygen. It's anaerobic. It's just all compacted down and they're mining landfills now and they find newspapers like 50 years old that you can still read. They're not breaking down. So they breathe through their skin. It's the so air. So the worms breathe through their skin. They breathe oxygen. So if it smells bad, mm -hmm. right, it's become anaerobic. So you just need to, maybe too much food is there, too wet. You know, they're living creatures. So you do need to create the right environment for them. And then it's magic. It's... And people are converted, you know, when I, when, it's really fascinating. I, I think I might start a dating site because <laughs> people will come, they come and pick up their worms. And if there's a couple, there's usually one and it's not men or women, it's not gender based. It's, I don't know what it is, but somebody will come. The one that is all in favor, they're so excited. They're like a little kid getting a puppy. Oh, yay, my worms. I'm so excited. And the other one's got their hand on the door. Like I'm just supporting my spouse or my partner. <laughs> And then I talk to the person who's kind of afraid and I say, you, you, you're supporting, that's nice. So can you smell anything in my kitchen? They say, no, that's good. And I'm cooking. <laughs> and then I say, I have three worm bins in my kitchen. Come and have a look. And then I open it up and you can see all the rotting food. I intentionally leave stuff on top, although you are supposed to bury it. Just so people can see, wow, oh, I see the food there. And then I say, can you smell anything? Can you smell rotting food? No. Okay. And then they're like, oh. Okay, so don't worry, the worms aren't going to crawl out. If they crawl out, because they're eating half their weight per day, they don't have eyes, they can't see, no point in going sightseeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? If they're crawling out of your worm bin, something wrong with the conditions. 
Mm -hmm. What might it be? Maybe it's too acidic. It's too wet. It's become anaerobic, right? Not enough oxygen, not enough food. Something's happening. So they're going in search of, of better conditions. Mm -hmm. But they're going to die right outside of the bin. So they're not even going to get very far out of your, in your house. I heard that you cannot put bones and like the remains of poultry, beef and so on and so forth. Why is that? Uh, well, you, so if you were doing it outside, you could act, you could put those things. Those, uh, those items attract more um, rodents and stuff. So you don't want to mm -hmm. attract any any other critters that you wouldn't want to have, like definitely not in your house, but you, you definitely could put all of those things in. I do suggest leaving out meat, dairy, um, any greasy stuff and garlic and onion skins, just because they don't really break down very fast. So I, I actually really, I literally just throw those out this out the door. They blow away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I hope my neighbors aren't watching. <laughs> They know it's fine. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, it really is a way. So our, I was talking about the soil, our food has become de depleted of nutrients. So this is a beautiful way to add the nutrients back into the soil. Like if we take those scraps and, and just throw them in the garbage. Yes, we can grow another tomato plant in that same spot. It's going to be less nutrient rich than the last one, because we haven't added anything back in. And now there's all kinds of uh, products on the market that you can feed the plant, you know, um, fertilize chemical fertilizers. And I would say maybe that's going to do something for that plant. It's doing nothing for the future and it's doing nothing for the soil. We need to look after the soil and then the soil looks after the plant. You know, as a worm farmer, I've had my business since 2002. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even need a shovel in my yard. I just like put stuff out there and then I just stand back and at harvest time, I just go and it's, Collect. it's so beautiful. My, my soil is so nutrient rich. It's beautiful. That's what we need. Absolutely. You know, when I was, uh, when I just started my studies in bachelor, bachelor degree here in Kiev, when was it around the third or fourth year cr closer to the graduation? One of the professors asked us, and you and you and you, what are you going to do? Like, what's your topic of your heart? And I said, waste management. He looked at me and, and replied, oh, smells not so nice. Like a girl, especially a blonde, if she's going to go into waste management, stop kidding me. And when I was preparing for this interview with you, I was like, oh, I recall that story. Waste management smells bad. What can smell worse than organic waste, decomposing organic waste? But if you apparently, if you introduce worms, it stops smelling so bad. Right. I know. It's so beautiful. And composting doesn't smell. So that's that's the the key. People think that it does and it does not. Like that's rotting food. If it's smelling mm -hmm. compost, it's just rotting food. It's not composting yet. Yeah. Right. How do you use the fertilizer? In your case, I understood you have a garden. So you live in, a, in your own private house. For those who live in the blocks of apartments in their little, you know, little apartments like me. Where can I, uh, how can I use it? So again, beautiful. So really, this is really designed for people that live in apartments, really, um, because you don't have outdoor space for composting or, you know, some, we, we now in Canada and some municipalities have uh, an organic collection program. 
and we're looking after that waste. I would prefer that when I when I talk to people and I ask them if they have one of those in their city and they say no and they're kind of sad no we don't have that I'm like good because it really is the optics are great you know on garbage day it's like oh you have your blue bin you have your green bin you have all your colored bins look at all the people playing the game yeah there's our tax dollars hard at work by the way and a lot of that material gets landfilled but it's very expensive landfill because we paid all this money for these containers, for the trucks, everything special, special, you know, everything special training, <laughs> you know, and if it gets landfill because we're dependent on the individual to do the proper thing and people don't, they don't know what to do. We want to do the right thing. We really do um, for the most part. And, and anyway, so um, I, I lost my way, Anna. <laughs> You know, my, my train of thought was, uh, and I brought it up a couple of times, like you can use the remains of certain things and turn them into something good. Let's mm. take compost as an example. But honestly, as much as I am an environmentalist, I consult on sustainability, I have this podcast, I educate people. I have to confess, I'm lazy to do that. I'm lazy to think about, okay, how can I optimize? How can I use this product, service, material to the fullest? But now I'm thinking, if I don't take this as my problem, I'm just contributing to another problem, which is landfill. And transporting all the stuff. Exactly. If I'm lazy to fix my behavior, to change it, and to do something good, or, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do with this fertilizer? I shall find a farmer who would take it from me. I'm ready to give it away for free, but I have to find, I have to go through that kind of supply chain to find that person who will take it from me because for, I'm just going to waste it again. No. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So that That's, thank you for bringing me back. How do you use it? So um, I see a little plant in your back there behind yeah. you. The worms reduce the volume by about 80%. So although you might put, say, well, for easy numbers, you put 10 pounds in, you get 20 pounds out. So it reduces the volume, first of all. It's nutrient rich. So you can just use a little bit on your house plants. Um, you just gently mix it in. If you have any avid gardeners in your family or friends, it's a beautiful gift. People know the value of the worm compost. So gardeners are like, oh my gosh, thank you. You must love me a lot. You gave me worm poo. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> um, also, if you live in an apartment, maybe there's some grass or some gardens that they have. You could put it there so you could give it to your apartment. Like there really is lots of options. There's green roofs now. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's never going to go to waste. You could even just throw it like on the, on the grass, just throw it outside. There, there, you don't need to find someone to give it to. I mean, you could even start a little business and, and sell the black gold. It's so beautiful. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's necessary. You know, when, once you start, it's, it's 18 years. And with this uh, conditions that we're currently in, mm -hmm. my business was booming. I mean, it's booming right now because people were looking for things. You know, the schools were closed in Canada for a little while and... People were homeschooling. So they're like, oh, what are we going to do? We need some projects. So at the beginning, they were looking for things to do with the kids. And then as the months went on, then it was like, you know, I used to joke that those with worms would be the survivors if anything happened to our borders and we couldn't import 
the 60% of food that we import, 60%, mm. Anna. That's a, we need to be more sustainable. Okay, and, and now we have this thing going on. So as we were getting on in the time, people were getting more concerned about, wow, wow, our, like the food, the shelves are empty, you know, at the grocery store. What, I, I should maybe grow some food or at least know how to do it. So that's, so then it became more of a bigger lesson. And I have been going into schools for 18 years. And, and you know, about, about the worms. So they are specialty worms, 800 to 1,000 red wigglers in a pound. They eat about half their weight. So when I was researching to start my business, I learned that a pound of worms and their descendants could transform one ton of organic waste in a year. Wow. And that... Yeah, and that the average Canadian family produced a ton of organic waste in a year. So I said, wow, every family needs a pound of worms. And I'm just the one to put a pound of worms in every house. <laughs> That's lovely. And, then, and it's, you know, it's so encouraging to eat more vegetables to produce more organic waste. You know what we have? We have the infinity sign. So we have, we grow our food. We do our harvest. The, the clippings go to the worms. The good food comes to us. We feed the worms. They turn it into soil. We grow more food. And so it's the infinity sign. Instead of just a linear thing, like we grow food, we eat it, we throw it away. Yeah. This is like closing the whole, We that's sustainable, sustainability 101. We need to all have, and that's my goal. You know, it's really funny how everything in business is about growth. Grow, grow, grow. What are your numbers? Oh, you need more numbers next year. It's like, can't we just like, do we have to always be growing? How is this going to be sustainable? And so people have asked me for 18 years, like governments, businesses, just individuals, can this be scaled up? Everything can. Yes. Is that my goal? No. I want everybody listening to get worms. I want everybody. My goal is to put worms in every living space, every house every apartment not just every building every apartment unit every classroom not just one in every school one in every classroom every business so we don't have to truck we don't have to think about oh you know any of that stuff i want children when they've eaten their apple to go oh the apple core where's the where's the worm bin wherever mm -hmm. they are like oh here oh there's the worm bin boom you're about to convince me. I've been thinking about it for real for quite some time, but because I was moving from apartment to apartment, I I didn't I was not confident enough to transport living creatures with me. You know, it's like uh, I don't want to damage them. I don't want to yeah I don't want to transport my own waste also. But now that I'm more or less settled, I'm I'm really getting into it. Do I need to know anything in particular as an individual before I started? Not really. You know, you just have to be interested in creating the right environment. You can't just like set it up and 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 they're they're fine. You know, come back in six months and you have black gold. No, mm -hmm. you need to tend to them every week, and you just add in your chopped scraps. So what I suggest is, um, you know, it's more your prep scraps rather than your plate scrapings. Um, so as you're peeling your potatoes and your carrots, you put those aside, that's what you're going to put in your worm bin. So let me talk about how this all works. So any container will do like, you know, a Rubbermaid toad or some mm -hmm. kind of anything will work. Whatever you have 
is what you use for your container. You need a carbon nitrogen mix. So the carbon is the shredded paper, could be leaves, straw, cardboard, any of those browns. And then the nitrogen or greens is your um, fruit, um, fruit and vegetable peels, coffee grounds, tea bags, um, manures, if you had like a rabbit or a guinea pig, all of that stuff could go in your worm bin. Like it really is a beautiful thing. The worms are the cleanup crew. I feel like they're, they're here to clean up the, our mess. <laughs> and here's some beautiful biology about the worms. They have five hearts each, five hearts each, five hearts. Woo. <laughs> wow. Wow. And you know, I, I think it's so beautiful because Words have energy, everything's energy. So 800 to 1,000 worms in a pound, five hearts each, four to 5,000 hearts in a pound of worms. And it's a lot of love. So I, you know, I say to people, what's your problem? What kind of problem do you have? And they say, ah, oh, my spouse is bugging me. I go, worms, bring worms. Imagine bringing like four or 5,000 hearts into your house. Like, woo, it's beautiful. <laughs> and and we just need to change our mind. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking now. Is we we call stuff garbage and waste. Nature doesn't create waste. We know that. We're the mm -hmm. waste ones. We're the ones that are calling it garbage. Yes, it's again right? the mm -hmm, the, the loop. Design. Yeah, I know, right? So if we change our mind and we don't we we say, wow, the worms are creating black gold instead of just worm poo. <laughs> You know, it's fun when I, when I, before COVID, I was going into schools. Now I'm doing it by, by Zoom. It's not as mm -hmm. much fun as being there in person and getting the energy of the kids when they hold the worms and stuff. So fun. But when I say, um, you know, I'll do my, my, um, my workshop and then I say, here's the grand finale. Look what the worms are producing. I'm holding it up. I'm like, look, it's worm poo. And then the kids all go, ew, because I said poo. And then I go, mm -hmm. oh, okay. How about if I call it black gold? And then they go, oh, they shift, but they're still thinking it's still worm poo. And then I go, isn't it interesting? Words that we use. If we call this poo, we go, ew, gross. But if we say black gold, we go, oh, wow. I better mm -hmm. keep some of that. Fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. We just need to change our mind, like change how we feel about words. Absolutely. What and kind words. of Yes. What kind of fears do people have? What do they ask you when, when you're advocating for worms? Like we, mine was the smell. Uh, some probably say they crawl out of the bin. What, what else? I'm, I'm wondering, what else are they saying? Yeah, fruit flies. People want to know about fruit flies. And mm -hmm. the fruit flies. So here, uh, let me address that because that is one of the smell and fruit flies are probably the main questions or objections. So fruit flies, I ask people, have you had fruit flies? And they say, yes. And I say, have you had a worm bin? No. Okay, good. You know, the fruit flies don't come from the worm bin. Then you never had one. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, Smart. That, okay. Thank you. <laughs> 18 years. It took me a long time to come up with all these things. <laughs> um, so the fruit flies are on the peels when we bring them from the grocery store, like the bananas, the apples, they're on all the peels, but we wash the apple, we wash the pear, right? So mm -hmm. no problem. The banana and the orange, we're just peeling that. And then we eat the, the inner part and the banana peel still has the fruit flies on it or the orange or whatever has it still on it. And then we put that in our worm bin, then that has potential to have a fruit fly explosion. The fruit flies don't bug the worms. They coexist quite nicely, right? They're like just decomposers. 
Mm-hmm. Again, it's how we think about things. We go fra- we go fruit flies, ew. Oh, we okay, that worm bin has to go. No, we just need to mitigate the situation. Fruit flies are they they have they, you know when I did my first experiment with that teacher, I had a, I didn't say this, I had a fruit fly explosion. It was horrible. Every time I opened the thing, ah, fruit flies. I was like, oh, but I had to keep them alive for my friend. And so I was like, oh, I endured it, but it was like I'm never doing this again. Like had a house full of fruit flies. Awful. I had that because now I can tell people it's not a necessary component. They don't have to live there, but if we let them, so here's what you do. And here's what you can do to not have fruit flies at all. When you bring your fruit in, just give it a quick rinse, Mm -hmm. bananas, orange, melon, anything that you don't wash when you eat it, give it a quick, quick rinse that washes off the fruit fly eggs. Boom. Problem done. And then when you're burying your food scraps, you pull back the, the paper and the carbon, the bedding, and you bury your food scraps in the bedding. So then if there's any fruit flies in the house, they're not going to make their way into your worm bin. Mm-hmm. How interesting. So, okay, <laughs> fruit flies, anything else? Uh, so smell, no, it's aerobic, fruit flies, and that they'll crawl out. So yes, that mm-hmm. is one of the concerns. What if they crawl out uh, and eat my children? <laughs> I'm like, they only eat rotten children. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Uh, they don't have teeth. Um, and as I said earlier, if they crawl out, they're going to die right outside the bin. They're, they're about 90% moisture, 70 or 70 to 90% moisture. So your house is not moist enough to keep them alive. They're going to die. Just like if you see them after a rain on the sidewalk and they've dried mm-hmm. out, that's right. They've, they've ran out of moisture. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I encounter people, I have a psych degree and I think it's fascinating. I, I'm fascinated by people. And I'm meeting a lot of adults who are traumatized as children in the schoolyard. After a rainy day, somebody chased them around with a worm or maybe a brother, sister, a sibling put a worm in their shirt or something. Right. And now they're, it's like, if you're afraid of something, it's unlikely you're going to bring that into your house. Yeah. So people need, so I, you know, it's interesting again with a psych degree, I'm like, would you like me to help you get over your fear? And, and, and it's fun when I go into schools because some teachers will say, I really would like to do this, but I'm afraid of worms. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I say, you do it. And you tell the children how ridiculous your fear is. And you let the children look after the worms. Like you can just tell them I'm afraid of worms, but they can't hurt me. I don't know why I'm afraid. It's, it's kind of ridiculous fear. And what I say to the children is fear is just the unknown. Like, and I use fear of dark. If you're afraid of the dark, it's because you don't know what's going to happen when the lights go out. Same with the worms. Like you'd think, Oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to be on me? Like, are they going to, what's going to happen? So no, that's, so it's the fear. Yeah, yeah. Kathy, uh, I noticed on your LinkedIn page, you mentioned something like that. Worms can reduce manure piles by up to 50%. Also reduce or eliminate pathogens while increasing nutrient value. Could you expand on this one, on manure and everything that's, that it does to uh, horse and cows? poop yeah so so again you know it's really fascinating how things come along um before i started my business there was 
a challenge in in a small town in in northern Ontario where a lot of people died because the water treatment plant got uh, mm-hmm. contaminated something happened I think it was human error but <laughs> who knows they blamed the farms around they they blamed the manure going in which who knows I mean we're growing we're building our cities so close to farms so things are going to happen but yeah it was at that time I was like oh my gosh it's it's dangerous this manure raw manure can be dangerous and then while I was researching about the worms I learned that worms can reduce the manure piles by up to 50, 80%. So reducing the, the volume and increasing the nutrient value, reducing gram-negative bacteria, the E. coli, Salmonella, Shingella. So the worms reduce that by, by taking those in their body. Same with heavy metals. Heavy metals don't pass through. They either get um, bound, bound up in the castings, so they're not available for the plants, um, or they just stay in their body. Mm-hmm. They really are the, the worms are the solution to so many pieces in our environment. Oh my gosh, Anna, I can't, I, you know, so I talk about residential waste and I started my business as a waste management tool because our landfill closed and we started shipping garbage. I was like, oh my gosh, I have a solution, people. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> And then as I started to go along, I realized, I mean, I don't, I I do sell the castings, but it's not my focus. I sell like Mm -hmm. boutique volumes because that's not my focus. I sell the workers. I want everyone to make their own black gold. So then once I started, I realized, oh, I started my business as a waste management tool, but it really is that the real benefit is the black gold that the worms are creating because now we can grow more nutrient rich food. So we're healthier. We can come up with better solutions because we we can think better. Our like our our cells are more stronger. You know, I just feel like the worms are have such an important role, and they've been waiting right under our feet. Yeah. You know, I feel like we know a lot about the stars, a lot about the oceans. There's more to learn, of course, but there's the soil, like where our food comes from. We know so little about all the interaction with the microbes, you know, we just do all this monocrop, monocropping, spraying, tilling, like all of these things that are very disruptive to how nature is. Yeah, this type of worm that you mentioned, is it something common or something specific? As a non-professional, I ask, I have to ask. So there's thousands of types of worms, um, earthworms, they're earthworms. Um, there's only four that have been identified as optimum for composting. And we're looking for surface dwellers. So I said red wigglers, there's European nightcrawlers, African nightcrawlers, and a tropical worm called perionyx. And those are the four right now, I'm sure there's more, but those are the ones that have been identified. And we're looking for surface dwellers. So our Canadian nightcrawler, the dew worm that people um, fish with, it lives below the frost line. So it goes four to six feet below the surface and then comes up at night. So they're, they're the plows of the soil. So they're tilling the soil naturally. Mm-hmm. The red wigglers are soil dwell, are surface dwellers. So they're more on the, just under the leaf litter. Okay. Well, I am convinced. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to keep you posted about my results. I will buy the compost uh, bin. <laughs> I'm not going to create one, but I, I'm definitely implementing it. I, I, th- I feel like I needed this uh, conversation for myself and I'm happy we, we can share it with the listeners. 
One final question to wrap up this amazing conversation. What would be your one piece of advice for the listeners of Sustainability Explored? I would ask people to look at some way to manage their food waste. It is one of the top 10 ways that we can mitigate climate change. Either if you have a yard, you can do composting outside if worms aren't for you. There are different systems. There's um, a system called Bukashi from Japan, and mm -hmm. it's an anaerobic system. It adds in um, essential microbes, and it's very quick too. So again, for apartment dwellers, it's a little bit of a two-step process where you do the Bukashi, it, it breaks it down, and you can add meat, bones, you add everything in that one. And then you take that kind of anaerobic material that you've created and then mm -hmm. you put it in soil and it's another process. So you would need to find a farmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that would be my one piece of advice is look after your food waste. And that is one way that we can really look after climate change. You know, in um, University of Guelph did a couple of um, studies on food waste. And what they what they learned was about 25% of the food that people purchase ends up in the garbage. So as if people bought four bags of groceries, you might as well just put one right at the curb. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right? I want to leave you with that visual because it's like, wow, if we're so concerned about money, then why are we throwing away 25% of our food? And that's residential, never mind commercial, mm -hmm. right? Restaurants, all of those places. <laughs> Absolutely. Food waste and compost everything you can and not take what you're not going to eat. But that's again, that's just the residential. That's the tip of the iceberg. What yes. is produced and not brought to the supermarket because it's ugly. The shape is not right. The color is not nice. Uh, this is a whole different topic uh, for another conversation. Kathy, thank you. Thank you so very much for advocating for worms, doing this incredible hard work, I believe, for so many years and now sharing it with the listeners of this podcast of Sustainability Export. Let's all compost. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Well, thank you so much for joining us today again for this super dynamic and engaging and very enthusiastic conversation about worms and organic waste composting. I hope you loved listening to it. Kathy certainly converted me and convinced me. If you were not convinced yet, I hope you are now. As always, if you have any questions whatsoever for me or Kathy, she's also present on LinkedIn shoot her a message, hit me up with your messages, and uh, we will reply to you. If you like the podcast, you know what to do. Subscribe, share on your social media channels, uh, leave a review on the platform you're listening on. And we have a very special dedicated Podchaser page where you can leave your um, comment or review. It will make me very happy and I promise I will reply to you in person. I always suggest some other related episodes um, on the topic that we have discussed today. And um, in this case, the one I can suggest you or point you out to is the one we recorded in late December called Vertical Farming for Food Sustainability, the case of Eden Green Technology with Eddie Badrina. This was the only one I thought 
in the beginning of this episode that we didn't do anything on agriculture and food, but now I recall that a vertical farming was the one. And there you can learn a little bit more about food security. Finally, compost. Be mindful about what you eat. Eat a lot of vegetables. Compost your organic waste. Don't um, don't add additional burden to your uh, waste treatment facilities in the city and country you're residing in. If you're in Ukraine, you know more than I do that it's not at all fun. Finally, reach out to me on LinkedIn, challenge me with your questions, suggest guests or topics you would like me to cover in the future. This was Sustainability Explored, episode number 73, season 7, and me, your host, Anna Chashina. Thank you again for listening, for being with us today, and until next time, next Thursday. Take care, stay sustainable. Stay sustainable.